This is episode number 80 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, Jesse here. Before we dive into today's To Birth and Beyond episode, I want to tell you that there are only a handful of tickets left to my in-person one-day workshop in Toronto, Canada this September 15th. The event is called Postnatal Fitness Specialist Live. And it is for any fitness and health professionals or anyone who has a strong interest in postpartum exercise and pelvic health. I will be leading this six-hour day, and we're so lucky to have Anita with us on part of that day as well, as she will be teaching a session on pelvic floor anatomy and assessment and giving her perspective as a pelvic health physio working with postpartum people returning to fitness, exercise, life, and sport. So in addition to that, on this day, you'll also be learning how to assess for a diastasis recti on a variety of bodies, techniques for cesarean scar massage, strategies for coaching a client in fitness who is very early postpartum, and for those who are moving into higher intensity and higher impact training. And lastly, what I think is so important that we'll be covering is how to speak to your clients about body image in an intersectional way, particularly how we can be practitioners, if you are a practitioner joining us, who practices from a weight neutral and health at every size perspective. So there are only 20 seats total for that day, but we only have a few of those remaining. We would absolutely love to have you. The magic of in-person events is untouchable, and I cannot wait to be in community with you on September 15th in Toronto. If you want to join us when you want to grab one of those last tickets, go to programs.com jessiemundell.com slash pfsa dash live. That will be in the show notes of today's episode. And if you have any questions at all, you can email me or DM me on Instagram and Facebook. Happy to help. Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell, and I am so looking forward to having this conversation with you and hearing your feedback from today's episode. I started this conversation on Instagram probably a couple of months ago at this point and couldn't wait to continue it here on the podcast. This is always my favorite place to continue these conversations that I might start on social media and writing somewhere, but then to be able to have the chance to speak through it more thoroughly here on the podcast is so appreciated. So thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. 
can't wait to hear what you think about this topic. Here's what we're diving into today. The relationship between diastasis recti and postpartum body image. It might seem like these two things are not connected, that they do not relate to each other. And I think this is actually how we speak about diastasis recti most of the time, especially if you are a fitness or health professional, a medical professional who might be listening into this conversation. I think that we miss this far too often. We miss the link between talking about diastasis recti and postpartum body image and the relationships that people have with their postpartum bodies. So let's get into this today. I want to back up. I want to talk about what diastasis recti even is, if that is a new term or a new word for you. So let's get clear on that. And then we'll add this piece of body image into it. Okay, so diastasis recti or diastasis rectus abdominis, you will hear this called different things and (laughs) pronounced in different ways. I say diastasis recti, diastasis recti, diastasis. You can say whatever feels, whatever rolls off the tongue more easily for you. So diastasis is again, in the lens of pregnancy and postpartum, that is how I'm going to speak about it today. Diastasis is really incredibly common in pregnant bodies and persisting in postpartum bodies. So diastasis is the separation of the rectus abdominis muscle bellies. So these are what you might know to be your six-pack abdominal muscles. You can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes as I say six-pack muscles. Everyone has these muscle bellies literally in your belly. It might not look like a six-pack because we all, of course, have different um, amounts of body fat and belly fat that are covering our abdominal muscles, but we all have these muscles called the rectus abdominis. So the rectus abdominis has a right side and a left side. It is connected, or you can think of it as those two muscle bellies being held together by this connective tissue called the linea alba. So those muscles, the rectus abdominis and that connective tissue, the linea alba, are going to run down the middle of the belly from our sternum from the rib cage all the way down to our pelvis. So our bodies are really friggin' cool, so smart. That connective tissue has the ability to be stretched and it becomes less dense. It becomes wider throughout our pregnancies. And again, in different periods of our life as well, in different bodies. We're speaking specifically about pregnancy and postpartum here. So as a pregnant belly grows, as the baby gets bigger in someone's body, then the abdominal wall, of course, stretches much larger or a little bit larger or a medium size larger, whatever might be happening in this body, it stretches bigger throughout a pregnancy as the baby grows. And 
the linea alba, that soft connective tissue that connects those right and left sides of the rectus abdominis muscle bellies, it has the ability to stretch and widen and thin and become less dense, which as I was saying, is so brilliant of our bodies to be able to do this, to allow the abdominal wall to stretch. This function of that connective tissue helps the abdominal wall to stretch, helps the baby to grow, helps our abdomen to expand. So diastasis recti is what we think of or what we call this separation or this widening gap that occurs between that right and left side of the rectus abdominis muscles. This is what we think of to be as diastasis recti, a separation between the right and the left side of the muscles down the middle of the abdomen. This is made possible by the linea alba, that connective tissue, stretching and widening throughout a pregnancy. The abdominal muscles do not rip they do not come separated or unattached from the connective tissue, the linea alba. Simply put, the linea alba will just stretch and widen, and this is what is going to create the um, appearance or the sensation of the abdominal muscles being further apart, stretched apart from each other down the middle of your belly. So let's move on. We know that this is what diastasis recti is. The general sense of how we refer to it as this gap between the muscle bellies on the front side of the belly, down the middle of your belly. And this often will persist into postpartum. Very, very common, super normal for diastasis or this gap between the abdominal muscles to persist after you have had a baby. Often it will heal very well on its own. At times we need a little bit of TLC or extra attention paid to our diastasis in order to help it heal well, heal the best it can. In very rare situations, there might be surgery required to help the diastasis to heal. And there's so many different things that we could talk about in relation to the diastasis quote unquote healing and what that means. And I'll briefly touch on it here so we have an idea of it as we go into the next part of this conversation about body image. The diastasis healing is generally considered when we have good tension and density and function in the linea alba and the whole abdominal wall itself. All the abdominal muscles, not just those two halves of the rectus abdominis muscle bellies we've been speaking about, but the whole abdominal wall, the core, the pelvic floor, all the stuff. But particularly what I want us to understand is that a diastasis absolutely, 100%, hands down, can be healed. You can have wonderful function of your body, of your abdomen, 
even if those muscle bellies are not back together. Let's say that again. The diastasis can be healed without the muscle bellies being back together, close, or where they were pre-pregnancy. And put another way, you could still have a resulting separation or a gap between your abdominal muscles and your diastasis could be healed. What we are particularly interested in is that there's good tension and density in that connective tissue, the linea alba. As professionals, health practitioners, fitness coaches, we are looking for good, again, tension and density in the linea alba more so than we are concerned with the gap being closed. We're going to look at the gap. We're going to keep an eye on it throughout the healing process for interest sake, for information. We do not need for it to be closed. We used to think, and I used to teach and coach that if the gap between those muscle bellies was two fingers wide, two of my fingers wide, then we needed to work on closing that further. And in most cases, that is not the truth. Could that gap close more? Perhaps. Depends on every body. Every single body is going to be different in its healing process of diastasis. For many people, having a two-finger separation is going to be absolutely perfectly fine for their bodies and not cause any issues for them and how their body functions or other symptoms they might be having. I hope that is clear. Let's move on to what this means for body image and that piece of the conversation. Okay. What I typically see diastasis recti as being talked about from a professional's standpoint, fitness coaches, physiotherapists, physical therapists, is that we're talking about the tension of the diastasis, not the gap. We're talking about healing the diastasis in order to help our clients, our patients get back to their performance goals, get back to the exercises they want to do, the type of workouts they want to do. We're talking about building strength, and all of that stuff in terms of how the physical body is functioning. We're having a lot of conversation relating to how we don't want to make people fearful of diastasis. And I love this. It's so important. We don't need to be fearful of diastasis. It is not something to be feared. But what I'm interested in is why we're fearing diastasis recti in the first place. And jumping back to what I just said, I think that we see a lot of uh, our attention and our emphasis going back to people might be fearful of diastasis because they are concerned about their performance in the gym or the workout, their sport. They are concerned about their abdominal strength, their core strength, things of that nature. And yes, I do agree that that absolutely is a conversation we need to be having. What I am seeing, what I am hearing from my clients, what I'm hearing in my DMs on Instagram and Facebook and in my emails is that people are still 
fearful about diastasis recti, even though they know that they do not have to close their gap, even though they know that we are more interested in the tension and their ability to manage intra-abdominal pressure. Don't worry if that word doesn't mean anything to you. It's fine. We'll keep going together. However, they are fearful about diastasis, even though they might have all this other education about it. This up-to-date education about it, they are still fearful about diastasis from a different lens, and that is particularly related to what their body looks like, to what their stomach, to what their abdomen actually looks like. Again, what I'm hearing is that we are looking for a reason for our stomachs to look this way, for our stomachs to not be flat, for our stomachs to be rounder. My stomach looks like this, quote unquote, mummy tummy, or this poochy stomach, words that you will not hear me using in marketing, for example. The diagnosis of diastasis, it feels reassuring because then we believe that we might be able to fix it, thus fixing the appearance of our stomach. Or there, again, there's this level of relief that someone feels or like they have this reason about why our stomach looks this way. So this is really interesting for me. I hope it might be something interesting for you to consider as well. So why do we not want a poochy stomach? Why do we want a flatter stomach? Those are all bigger conversations that we're going to continue to have here on the podcast. But one thing I just want to mention quickly, and this has so many layers to it as well, is that we are really interested in thinness. We know that there is privilege associated with thin or thinner bodies. We know that we all, really, most of us, the majority of us have anti-fat biases that we could do a lot of work around. Some of us are doing a lot of work around. So there's so many reasons why we are interested in our bellies not looking like this. Thin privilege, our anti-fat bias, what is going on here at a deeper level, under the surface, okay? This is what I always am encouraging my clients to consider when we have conversations about bodies in any capacity at any stage, but I think this is really interesting to consider with diastasis recti. We are, there's really this obsession that can come about postpartum of healing diastasis recti. And again, even when people are educated at the highest level of what we know about diastasis in the research, what people are seeing anecdotally in their clinics, even when they know that it's not about the gap, that it's about the tension, 
even when they know that they can perform at this level they want to perform at, there still are these concerns about their stomach looking the way it does, or there's still concerns about wanting that gap to close even smaller. Still concerns about wanting that tension to be even more tense, even more dense. What I also find that comes up for people is there is a strong interest, we will say, with core work postpartum. And it's not about the love for these type of exercises. It's not because people love doing crunches. Some people, yes, maybe. But we have these ideas about abdominal exercises that they are going to do something to our abdomen. What is it going to do? We hope or we see these ideas or this messaging about abdominal exercises that it is going to make our abdomens flatter, tighter, smaller. We continue to chase these things. And the messaging around diastasis continues to promote and support this. What I really want to get across with this conversation is that what I'm hearing from so many people who are postpartum, who are concerned about their diastasis, is that they want to be told that yes, they do have a diastasis, and yes, that diastasis can be fixed or it can be made better. They feel reassured if there is a diagnosis of diastasis because then there is a reason for their body, for their stomach looking the way it does. And then they feel that they will be able to fix their diastasis because in turn, their stomach will look differently after that is fixed. What I want for my clients that I coach for you listening in to really believe and trust in is that your body, your stomach right now is perfectly fine and good and wonderful looking like this. I, you don't need to believe this. This doesn't even have to be important to you. But the message that I want to send is that if you do or if you do not have diastasis recti, if your diastasis can be healed more, or maybe your diastasis is perfectly well healed right now, your stomach is okay like it is. This mummy tummy, this poochy stomach, this round belly, it might not be here because of diastasis recti. It might not be here because of a diastasis that isn't healed. Doing more work to heal your diastasis might not change anything about how your belly looks. And I know that that can feel really uncomfortable. And we will continue to talk about what it feels like to sit in that discomfort. 
But for today, we will end that here. If you're pregnant or if you are postpartum, if you're thinking about diastasis, just know that sometimes your belly is going to look how your belly looks and diastasis will not be a factor in that appearance of your stomach. And if you are a professional, a fitness coach, a trainer, a physical therapist who is listening in and you talk about diastasis with your clients, let us understand why our client or patient is so interested in their diastasis healing. What's coming up for them about their belly postpartum? Is there a lot of discomfort with the body changes that have occurred? Are they chasing? Are they interested in thinness? Are they interested in a flatter stomach? Are there fears of fat, of body fat, of being fat that are coming up for them? I'm not saying we need to change any of this right now, but I do think at, from a practitioner standpoint, I need to understand why my client is so interested in their diastasis being different or in healing their diastasis. Because you might get to a point with a client where their diastasis is functioning incredibly well, but they still have other stuff coming up about how their belly looks. All right, friends, that is it for today. Consider this relationship between diastasis recti and body image postpartum. And really let's approach this knowing that diastasis is so much more than the gap. And also the conversation about healing diastasis is so much more than how our body functions and performs for many people that we might be working with. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 